Happy New Year's Eve and welcome to the Last Saints podcast of 2021. I'm Erin Summers. We have made it through 2021 and are looking ahead to the Saints' first game of the new year, Sunday against the Panthers. It's 325 in the Caesars Superdome. If you can't make it, you can watch it on Fox. As of Thursday, 13 players have been activated from the COVID-19 reserve list including quarterbacks Taysom Hill and Trevor Simeon, linebackers Demario Davis and Quan Alexander, safety Malcolm Jenkins, and specialist JT Gray. The team placed center Eric McCoy on the reserve COVID-19 list on Thursday. McCoy joins safety Marcus Williams and kicker Will Lutz. They were additions earlier this week. Lutz has not played this season because of an injury. Despite the team being decimated by health and safety protocols last week, the Saints defense gave up just one touchdown versus Miami. The only touchdown they have allowed in the past three weeks. The defense has absolutely been carrying this team. Since week nine, the Saints boast the NFL's best defensive rush EPA at plus 47 and a half. They're allowing just 3.87 yards per rush while forcing three fumbles and making 40 tackles for a loss over that time. Overall, the Saints have the number five rushing defense and allow teams the fourth most points in the NFL, just allowing teams to score 20.3. The final injury report for the game will be released this afternoon at 3 o'clock. Today's podcast guest is the voice of the Carolina Panthers, Mick Mixon. The Panthers are 5-10 and 10 on the season and have already been eliminated from playoff contention. In the first meeting between the Saints and the Panthers, the Panthers won 26-7. However, a lot has changed since then. Carolina has added quarterback Cam Newton, but they do plan to start Sam Darnold this weekend. Christian McCaffrey is out for the year. And this past week, they've been without cornerback Stephon Gilmore and left tackle Cameron Irving. Numbers are an issue for the Panthers as well because of the COVID-19 outbreak. They have 13 total players on the reserve list with three more added on Thursday. That has forced the team to adjust their practice plans with the offense and defense working on different fields because they don't have enough bodies to practice against each other. Including Gilmore and Irving, the Panthers have just 45 players on the active roster at the moment, 22 on offense and 20 on defense, along with the three specialists. That situation sounds eerily familiar to what the Saints dealt with last week. Let's bring in John DeShazer and Mick Mixon for a breakdown of this week's matchup. Mick, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast as we prepare for the Panthers coming into town this weekend in New Orleans. It's going to be a mid-afternoon game, a little bit different personnel on the field for both sides as there were in the first matchup that we had together. How much do you think the Panthers are going to take from that first matchup versus kind of just kind of preparing anew for this one? Oh, gosh, Aaron, I think you could take that first matchup and put it in a time capsule and send it out to space. I don't think it's really uh, – I mean, it's a universe ago, a lifetime ago, don't you think? I mean, the Panthers – this is one of the few games I prepared for where I feel like I just should just do my depth charts in mechanical pencil with a good <laughs> eraser because and, – and all credit to the Saints. I mean, the Saints, to me, are the poster children of – bridging negatives to positives. And I'm not just saying that because I'm on with you guys, but were it not for bad calls by officials, grippingly terrible calls, were it not for hurricanes, tropical storms, COVID viruses, uh, and, a, and a dozen other things I could name, New Orleans would probably have two or three more championships. So the Saints have been through many times what 
is touching the Panthers now, which is and the Saints as well, which is, oh my God, who's going to play in this game? I was at practice this week, and even the team is not quite sure. Are we going to have a center? Can anyone hike the ball? Is there someone who can back up at this position or that one? So I don't think that first meeting, as much as I would love from a Panther perspective for that first meeting <laughs> to mean something, I don't think it will. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be very different. We have different quarterbacks on our side. It looks like you guys are kind of going back and forth on your side. With the two that you do have in Cam Newton and Sam Darnold, they both bring very different things to the table. How have you seen both of them and their skill sets and kind of what do you think they should do these last couple of games? Oh, gosh, it's been unbelievable here. I mean, Cam Newton is one of the Panthers' all-time iconic favorite sons. Cam Newton just doesn't look like other people, even in a fraternity of robust alpha males. Cam Newton is huge. And then with that spiky little hair thing he's got going on, he looks even taller than that. His body looks like it was sculpted in some kind of art class. And people just love him. He's got that megawatt smile and is a, a captivating figure, uh, even when he's not playing football. From a football standpoint, let's just be honest with one another. We're all adults. Uh, I'm more of an adult than you because I'm about three times your age, but Cam's not what he once was. He would tell you that, but he can still function. He's still a handful in the run game and can, can rear back and sling it. Sam Darnold's so interesting. Darnold has been to some dark places uh, in his career, he's also had some great moments here. You mentioned the Saints game early. That was some of his best best ball. So I think the Panthers are desirous of seeing Sam Darnold play a lot these last two games to see kind of what, what the organization has in QB 14. Mick, I guess you're one of the few guys who can somewhat relate to what we've seen around here. Saints are, you know, have, have worked in four quarterbacks this season, which is – a ridiculously high number. Um, Carolina's on what three? Darnold, M, and PJ. Uh, Correct. What's that process been like for the Panthers? Because I know the same. You know, you've tried to make the best of it, you know, as best you can, but it, it can't be great to have that kind of upheaval. It's not, and that's a great question. And we've been. I mean, if 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 we run the single wing with a spinning fullback in this game. It would not totally shock me. I don't think we're going to, but my point is that the Panthers have had to try to figure out what can work. How can we uh, get them blocked up? How can we run the ball? There have been times this year where I would sum up our passing game as follows. We can't protect. When we do protect, the receivers are not open. When they are open, they drop it. Uh, or when they're not, and, or we miss them. I mean, it's just been it feels like that the universe has had to perfectly align for the Panthers to complete some passes and get some first downs. We fired an offensive coordinator, Joe Brady, that trades with a currency of respect throughout college and NFL circles. It's just been difficult. I feel like we're a good, a good little, uh, little band here in the Carolinas, but we ain't got no lead singer right now. Now, if you did have a lead singer, it might be kind of like the situation here. The defense has kind of played well, and, and especially that first Saints game, the one that we all want to throw into a time capsule, us for different reasons, because um, if they were blitzing the Saints, you know, for three straight weeks, I don't know if the Saints had figured out how to pick it up um, So at that point. So uh, how's the defense holding up 
how holding up recently? Pretty good. And that, that is, uh, I don't, I don't want you and Aaron to think I'm a, you know, a, 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 a grumpy curmudgeonly, uh, <laughs> negative play-by-play announcer. Uh, uh, too many of those walking the earth. We don't need any more of them. I'm, I'm optimistic by nature. And this Carolina Panther defense is fun to watch. They are young. They're effervescent. There's a contagious enthusiasm with how Jeremy Chin runs onto the field. Jeremy Chin doesn't just take the field. He assaults the field. I mean, he sprints out there. So keep your eye on that on, on Sunday. Should be fun. The rest of this defense, uh, they, they love playing the game. They don't seem disappointed when the offense doesn't move it because that means they get to get out there and get their helmets on and ball out a little bit more. There's foot speed. There's, uh, there's, uh, there, there's rush ends, Reddick and Burns, that can get after the quarterback. We may be a little light in the trousers at, at DN to stop the good running teams on our schedule. Some teams have creased us with the zone-to-zone stretch. That wide zone, the Falcons and the Cowboys have run that well against us. Uh, but um, the defense has done everything they could do to keep us in games. How are things going for Matt Rule? Um, you know, you, you, you just see the rumors, you read. Uh, but how is he handling, I guess, the room? I guess it's difficult to say because we're not in the locker rooms the way we used to be. But how does the, the team attitude seem to be revolving around him? Yeah, my job brings me into, I'm not name dropping, but my, my, my line of work brings me into fairly regular close contact with Coach Rule to tape different interviews and shows with him and things. And I'm not on social media. I've never been on social media. I've never Googled myself. I never will. But I know it's pretty bloody out there. And Coach Rule was booed in our stadium uh, here for this this last home game against Tampa Bay last weekend. That had to hurt him to his core. But if it did, he didn't show it. He's been focused on the process. He has been optimistic. He's been positive. Uh, he's been open, transparent, accessible with the media that covers Carolina Panther football. And I think he believes that the owner – believes in him and I think he believes in where the Panthers are headed it's been difficult this year but as Matt Rule has said he didn't get this job because it was he was taken over a juggernaut there were some issues here that resulted in a coaching change to give him the opportunity to take it so I think that the best is yet to be for our brand and I think coach Rule knows that so uh, I'm gonna let Aaron get to a football question here after this one but I, I gotta get off the field for a second you're retiring Come on, man. What's up is that I'm married to this beautiful woman, five feet of hell, named Dawn Elizabeth Thomas Mixon. We have three grandkids, all boys. We have another one on the way, a boy. Uh, my wife and I bought some property, a farm up in Alamance County where she's from. I got a 60-horsepower tractor with a front-end loader on it, a bush hog in the back. I've got ditches to pipe. I've got a chainsaw to do. I've got chores. i got soccer games to go to. So I have loved this gig. Jim Henderson, I respected him so much and looked up to him. I loved it when Zach Streif got a chance to, to call games for the Saints. Uh, there's nothing like the radio booth. It is a magical place. And there's nothing like the bigness of NFL games. I know I'm going to miss it. I'll miss conversations like this. You can still get in touch with me. It's just going to be a little bit harder. I know back in the day, it used to – go around Chapel Hill playing in a band, playing some music and stuff. Are you going to do any of that in your, your retirement? 
How did you know this? Yes, I'm the original drummer uh, and the founder for the Break Wind and Fire Band. I started Break Wind and Fire uh, back in the 90s. Uh, started a band called the Franklin Street Band. I had a band here in Charlotte called Mick and the Ultras, and we were sponsored by a, a beverage. Uh, the importance of staying hydrated was emphasized at a lot of our gigs. So uh, I don't know. I might get back behind the drums. I might uh, I might have to do it. Maybe a reunion tour. Maybe, I don't know, maybe we'll come down to New Orleans and play some gigs. Yeah, there you go. You I, I got to jump in for one second. If you've got a break, wind, and fire t-shirt, I, I got the. If you've got one, I will proudly wear it. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> oh, man. What size? I got a feeling that uh, we're all out of double XLs. <laughs> That's exactly what I need. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mick, I know everyone's going to miss you at the mic, especially all the Panthers fans that have followed you for the past 17 years. But for the Saints fans, are there any games that you remember calling between the Panthers and the Saints that will stand out to you? Oh, Lord, yes. I remember a game when Drew Brees, and I used to come on with Bobby A. Bear and all them on WL, WWL, I guess it was. And, uh, and I, every year I would say, I have upped my contribution. I've now kicked in another 500 to the Drew Brees retirement party. We're going to have crawfish. We're going to have uh, gumbo if he will only just retire. I mean, I could not wait for this guy to retire. I love Drew Brees. I followed him when he played at Purdue, and I've always been a fan. But I remember one time he was out, and I think it was Luke McCown uh, as quarterback. And, and, I mean, Luke McCown comes out and starts looking like them Sammy Ball and Johnny Unitas and Joe Namath all added together. And it took a Josh Norman fingertip on a tip pass in the right corner of the end zone or else uh, the Panthers were going to experience the gut-wrenching pathos of yet another loss to the greatly detested New Orleans Saints. I remember in the dark, dank, depressing Superdome, which seems like y'all need some LED lights or something down there. I mean, every time I go in there, I feel like I need, need some Prozac or some a serotonin reuptake inhibitor when the whole thing's <laughs> over. But uh, I remember one time somebody tackled somebody and somebody objected to it. Cam Newton and them bunch of – you remember this? They got to a little skirmish down there in the tunnel. Yeah. Uh, fans are hooting and howling. I remember one time they showed the kiss cam. So they have a kiss cam <laughs> in the Superdome, and different people are kissing one another. And, I mean, people – Cajun – Cajun people just don't, I mean, they, they don't look like people that I'm used to seeing on the, uh, on the jumbotrons at other stadiums and some of the kissing going on. I mean, people are getting after it. I mean, just the whole Cajun spirit. I love it. And I respect it. And Jake DeLome is our, uh, one of our color commentators. I work with Jake on the broadcast and man, just to hear Jake talk in that Cajun way, man, it just makes me think that would have been a cool place to live. It's definitely been fun. I've enjoyed it. Not been here very long, but it's been a fun place to be. Before we let you go, just kind of looking at the team right now, we know the Panthers aren't in the playoffs. They don't have an opportunity to make it. Saints are hanging on by a thread. How does this team kind of still attack these last two games, knowing that th these are the last games that they have? Yeah, I'm not going to be able to do – probably a good job Aaron with that I mean you know it's it's pride you guys know I mean it's your names on the jersey your your team name you you, you don't want to let your teammates down I do think that the Panthers want to see Sam Darnold I, I think these games are important because NFL games are important but I think for the Panther franchise these games are important to to try to get some good tape on Sam Darnold to see can he be good Sam like he was the first three games can he 
uh, get rid of the ball quickly? Can he throw on time? Can throw on rhythm? Make plays with his feet. So, so that plus just wanting to win, just wanting to experience something that's very hard to do, which is beating the New Orleans Saints in this in the Superdome. That's what we're all about. Yeah, it's going to be a fun matchup. We're looking forward to being there. Hopefully, we can see you in person. Say hello. One last time when you're on the mic, calling one of our games. Will either of you or both of you be at the game? Yes, we'll be there. All right. I insist that you come see me in the visiting radio booth. And if you do not, then I will track you down somehow and inflict bodily harm upon you with a break wind and fire T-shirt. <laughs> there we go. There we go. All right. Fair enough. We will see you All on right. Sunday. Yeah, I appreciate you guys. Thanks for the visit. Thank you. Thanks to Mick and congratulations on a great career. He's somebody that I've known since I was in college and I can say he's one of the best at his job and an even better person. Love his attitude as always. Now a couple accolades for the Saints this week. In a team vote, linebacker Quan Alexander has been named the club's 2021 Ed Block Courage Award winner. That award is given annually to a player from each NFL team who has persevered through adversity. Alexander came back from an Achilles injury in record time to start for the Saints in their first game against the Packers and then later this season also worked through an elbow injury that he suffered in that season opener. He only missed four games and was back in the lineup week seven for the Monday night football matchup at Seattle. Former linebacker Sam Mills, who was inducted into the New Orleans Saints Ring of Honor earlier this month, was named as one of 15 finalists for the Pro Football Hall of Fame class of 2022. This is the third time Mills has been named a finalist We're excited about it on the Saints side, and I know the Panthers have been excited about it as well. Will fixer pest and termite problems, they have effective solutions that will help to eliminate pest problems throughout the year. Their custom treatments adapt to the season to address seasonal pest activity to protect your home and business all year long. They provide residential and commercial pest and termite control services for the South Shore, North Shore, and River Parishes of Louisiana. Protect your home with Terminix. The Saints remain one game behind the 8-7 San Francisco 49ers and Philadelphia Eagles and at the same spot as the 7-8 Atlanta Falcons and Minnesota Vikings in the NFC playoff race for that final, those final two spots. So we're still in it, guys. I will see you all on Sunday, either at the game in the Caesars Superdome or on our pre- and post-game show on NewOrleansSaints.com. Happy New Year. Be safe. Have a great time. And go Saints.